passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Eric is with us now. Let's talk about these Frednacks because I was just saying, I think they might be the most exciting team in the entire organization at this point. What a great time for you guys at the ballpark. You guys have been getting great crowds and just got James Woods' debut, as well as Trey Lipscomb, who the team just drafted out of Tennessee as well. Yeah, no doubt about it, Grant. I mean, it's it's really – we were just talking last night how spoiled we are. I mean, we had Jeremy De La Rosa and a lot of other prospects. Obviously, we had Brady House for a while before he got hurt. Um, and, you know, from beginning to end, it's really been a really exciting season here in Fredericksburg. And, you know, I think that you know, reading the mood on Twitter and stuff among Nats fans, it's just – they're coming and it's really it's really exciting to be in Fredericksburg right now for sure one of the things I would say is frankly the team's upper levels specifically offensively they're basically devoid of impact bats you know they certainly were going into this draft and prior to the trade where they go get Abrams and put him in Rochester but having been at Fredericksburg a ton this year like Wilmington was pretty light I would say the group that was there at the start of the year, which is going to be in Wilmington, and now adding Hassel and adding James Wood and adding this draft class, including Elijah Green, who's going to be in Fredericksburg soon. I mean, that's where the the the, the depth of the talent is, and, and that's, I think, organizationally where people can get excited. So let's go through a bunch of these guys, if you don't mind. I want to start sure. with just your, your first thoughts on James Wood, uh, who had a four-hit game and a home run in one of his first contests in Fredericksburg, and uh, it looks like he's just a super high ceiling bat, 323 on the year, 996 OPS this year in the minors, 19 years old, and he's huge. Yeah, no, he definitely looks the part. That game that you mentioned was his very first game as a Fred Nat. Four hits, 
two-run home run. And the thing that impresses me the most about him is the maturity of the bat. It's such a it's such a smooth swing from the left side, and he uses all fields. He had two RBI base hits last night in his home debut, both of them on breaking balls, both of them the other way. So the maturity of you know his command of the strike zone, he's got really good plate discipline. His body, he's got such long legs. You know, he's six foot seven, but you know, a disproportionate amount of that height is in his legs. And you think six seven, two forty is not super rangy out in center field. He just glides around. I mean, he was stealing bases last night. He was going first to third on kind of if he plays. And he's just, he's, he's the full package. And, I, you know, you don't want to make Juan Soto comparisons and all that stuff because nobody is Juan Soto. But he, he looks like he could develop into somebody that could be an impact player like Soto was at the highest level. Which is the dream, right? That's the goal, and he certainly got the, the most upside of what was an incredible package of prospects they got back. Have you interacted with James Wood much yet? Yes. I Actually, the past couple of days, you know, we've had a bit of a media circus here in Fredericksburg. Uh, actually, as we speak, Fred Nats are taking uh, batting practice right now. I'm overlooking the field, and he's mic'd up by uh, by Fox 5. And I mean, there's he's been kind of pulled in a lot of different directions, but I have gotten to spend a little bit of time with him. That's cool. Uh, he was a DC area guy. Went to yeah. St. John's College High School, played basketball, transferred to IMG Academy to to go the baseball route, and it obviously worked out. He was the 62nd pick in the draft. Would have gone higher than that, I think, but there were some swing and miss concerns, and he's already made a swing adjustment that. You know, it's kind of cured that, and if he got redrafted now, he'd be a top-five pick probably in his class. What kind of guy is he? I've heard really, really good things about his makeup and the energy he brings. Like, what are your interactions with him so far telling you? He's so mentally mature for a 19-year-old. That's one thing that is super similar with him and Brady House. You talk to those two guys, you would never know how young they are. James, he's, he never gets too high, never gets too low. That's actually what Jake Lowry, our manager, said about him. I kind of asked him when he first arrived, I said, what was your initial impressions of, of James? And, and Jake gave me the old, like, flatline hand signal. Like, he never gets too high, never gets too low. He's just got a really good temperament. You know, these guys, especially these young guys, have not played every day, ever, in their lives. And it's easy to kind of spiral, I think, if, if you know, one day doesn't go well, two days don't in a row don't go well, especially – you know, for how young they are, but he is, he's just so even keeled. He's just got the, to me, in my short time with him, the mental makeup of somebody that is going to be a successful big leaguer for sure. Yeah. I'm really, really excited to see more of him. Uh, He had a a big game, 11 runs, 14 hits on Tuesday night, part of a huge breakout offensively for the Fred Nats. And in that game, Trey Lipscomb made his debut in the organization in full season ball. He's 22 years old. He is a Frederick, Maryland guy. He was drafted this year in round three, 84th pick out of Tennessee. What can you tell people about Trey Lipscomb, who went two for five with a homer in his first game? Just a lot of pop in that bat. You know, you look at him physically, and you don't think this guy's a power hitter, but he's only one of two Tennessee guys in this century to hit 20 home runs in a season. So, I mean, he... He's just got a lot of pop in that bat. I just was watching him take batting practice. He hit the ball off the left field foul pole in his second swing in single A yesterday, and he did it again in batting practice today off almost the exact same swing, exact same spot. He's super rangy at third base, really good arm, but 
one of the telling things, I think, about his debut last night, obviously he hit that home run in the first inning, and that gets the headlines. But he had a really grinded out at bat with two outs and a runner on third in the middle innings. Got a borderline full count pitch that he just slapped to right field to drive in his fourth run of the game. And that, to me, is the maturity of, of his bat. Uh, you know, the college guys look different when they show up here as far as strike zone discipline, as far as not getting themselves out. And uh, that was evident just through one game for him that he's advanced at that at that part of it. Eric Bach is with us, calls Fred Nats games. He's uh, super plugged in, and I was really impressed. I got to go down and spend some time with him earlier this year, and he was helping us set up for a broadcast for 106.7 The Fan and uh, knows everything about the team and the players and is uh, the guy to, to have on when we want to talk about this ball club. Uh, I believe you're a Michigan State guy, right? You're a Spartan? Yes, sir. Go green, baby. Are they gonna? They're gonna be all right this year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overachieved to win ten games last year in Mel Tucker's first real season, and now that got some of his own recruits in there. I mean, he utilized the transfer portal a ton, and hopefully, ten wins would be great. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit worried that the expectations are a little bit too high. They're still a couple years away from being a true national contender again. I think, but. I'm makes, excited. Makes sense. Uh, Lipscomb defensively, third base, yeah. does he stay there, do you think? What are people saying about I – because mean, everything – when I asked people around the draft time, it was bat, 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 like you figure the rest out. So is he actually a third baseman? I think so. Uh, he did make an error last night, got a really bad hop on him. The ball kind of ran up his arm. But, uh, you know, one error in one game is not indicative of the entire player. Uh, I think he could stay at third base. Um Cortland Lawson, his college teammate and draft classmate, uh, they were the left side of the Tennessee infield in the spring, and they were the left side of the Frednet infield last night. And Lawson, to me, is the more polished defender. Lawson played shortstop and Lipscomb played third. Uh, I, I think the general consensus of everyone I've talked to is that Lipscomb's bat is ahead of Lawson's, but Lawson's glove is ahead of Lipscomb's. And that was pretty evident in their first game last night. Lawson made a couple of Plus, plus, strong arm defensive plays deep in the hole at shortstop to throw out some some quick guys. We're playing a, the, the Augusta Green Jackets, the Braves affiliate, and um, he. I think that Lipscomb can stick at third base. You know, there's always been talk about Brady House is a big guy. Like, is he going to stay at shortstop? The, the Nationals want him, Brady House, to stay at shortstop as long as they possibly can. So there's. In the future, I think an opening at third base, and uh, if Lipscomb can continue to hit, I think that he's plenty serviceable enough defensively at that position. Yeah, and you figure it out, right? I mean, it, sure. Like if House ends up at third, it doesn't mean you're out of luck. Like Lipscomb ends up in left or whatever. You, you sure. like that stuff. It's a good problem to have because everyone doesn't normally pan out, and, and generally, if you think you're going to have that issue when these guys are in low A or, or A ball, it, it doesn't always. Happened that way, obviously. You've mentioned Brady House a couple times. Do we know what in the heck's going on? I mean, it's kind of mysterious. Like, he had a back thing, I get that. But they put him on the 10-day IL, and then it was just like we never heard about him again. Is he going to play again this season? He hasn't played in weeks. I, this is not official. of what any, I haven't heard a peep about him from anyone in the Washington organization, so this is purely my own speculation. My gut tells me no that he's not going to play again uh, this season. You know, as being as young as he is, he just turned 19 at the beginning of June. Um, 
he grew like exceptionally fast in high school, like shot up. And when you got, when you get guys that grow that fast, that can kind of lend itself to backslash joint problems. And I think they're just being overly cautious. Brady went down to Florida. I think he's been, you know, rehabbing training there. And, uh, unless I, my gut tells me that maybe he could play, but that the nationals are not going to push him because, you know, obviously his back is really valuable to this organization in the next few years. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that, but I just, I hadn't heard an update. Right. I mean, and I get in the minor leagues, it's not like there's a, a bunch of beat reporters that follow the team around and talk to the managers every day, but it's just odd that, you know, you put him on the IL kind of a couple weeks later, people notice he's not playing. And, and next thing you know, it's, it's been two months. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, all right. Back to the guys that are playing right now for the team that you're calling games for night in and night out. Will Frizzell, uh, you can tell oh, me if I'm gosh. saying it wrong, but this dude, so he's an eighth round pick out of Texas A&M. And I think just based on his college profile is probably advanced even for this level. But they started him in the FCL, and he was hitting like 440. They bumped him to Fredericksburg. You guys have called now 11 of his games, about 50 at-bats. He's hitting about 350. Nobody can get this guy out. No. Two home runs last night, four for four with a walk. I mean, last night was his best game here in the Carolina League. But to me, his bat is even more advanced. It's too advanced for this league. Uh, His – he – he has. I have yet to see him in 50 at bats get himself out chasing a pitch that he should not be chasing, and that is, that's the biggest kind of hurdle that these young guys at this level I think have to clear, is, is establishing their own strike zone discipline, and hitting their pitch even even if it's taking an occasional strike, if it's not a pitch that they can do something with, then you know they're letting it go by and and Frizzell, um He's just—he's super advanced to me. He's, he's a really impressive guy. He kind of came out of nowhere, actually. That was one of the home run calls last night. I said, "Where have you been, Will Frizzell? Like nobody's been talking about this guy." And you said it, Grant. His college profile in the SEC—I mean, he raked in the SEC. He's raked in his professional career so far. My my intuition, and again, nothing has been told to me about this, is that he he probably should be in Harrisburg. Frankly, the way that his his bat is to me, and his glove is plus, so you can put him at first base. He's been about fifty fifty playing first and DHing for us because we have Brandon Bossier, the Nationals Nationals third rounder in twenty twenty one, getting the majority of the first base reps. So he's mainly DHing, but I mean he's a serviceable first baseman, and he's a guy that I think needs to be in Harrisburg sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, he's one of those guys where you you see him play at these levels. To your point, you go, okay, it's he needs to be bumped up to be challenged. But the reason maybe he's not a, a great prospect, he goes in the eighth round, whatever, is it's not like there's a, a huge defensive ceiling there. And generally, if you're a first base only type, you know, that, that kind of comes with being downgraded just on a prospect or draft scale as it is, right? So you're not up the sure. middle, there's less value. He's massive though. I think he isn't he six five, two thirty or something like that? Mm, I I wouldn't say he's six five two thirty. I would put him at about the six three range. I can't. I don't have a roster in front of me. I, I mean, he's, he's listed six five two twenty five. Yeah, 
you're going to go under. A little, that might be a little generous. I would put him at 6'3", around 225. But either way, I mean, he's a physically imposing presence in the box. Yeah. And he's, he's just a, a left-handed bat that, again, sprays the ball. Like, he hits for – like, he's hit four home runs for us, two of them to the pole field, two of them – one of them to dead center field off the batter's eye wow. in Kinston last week. And then the other one was uh, was the opposite way. So, I mean, he sprays the ball. He – he hits every pitch. You can, he hits fastballs. He hits breaking balls. He walks a lot. He doesn't punch out a whole lot. So, I mean, basically he checks all the boxes of the plate. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking of walking a lot, Brandon Bossier has walked 53 times in 73 games as one of the better walk rates, I think, in, in the system at this point. Hitting only 240, and he really has not shown much power at all this year. But as you said, he was a high pick. This is a third-round pick out of Arizona that they liked a lot last year. I think he was just outside of the top 80 in the draft. So this is a player that they need to to get some production out of. Uh, 22 years old in Fredericksburg right now. How has his season gone? The numbers are deceptive. He's been a lot better than the numbers have shown. He's had some unbelievably terrible luck. He's of balls that he's just crushed right at people, especially over the past couple of weeks. He's been on actually 18 times in his last nine games. So he's been getting on base a lot. You mentioned the walk number. That's a big reason why he's got great discipline. I mean, he led the Pac-12 in hits as a sophomore and led Arizona to Omaha in his sophomore year. That was the second time they'd ever been. So, I mean, this guy can play and he's he was an outfielder for the most most of his amateur career and they have he played a little bit of first base at his end, the end of his time in Arizona, but he's been exclusively a first baseman here in Fredericksburg. He's really good with the glove. Like you would never know that he's not like a quote-unquote natural first baseman. And the bats coming along. I mean, there have been dry stretches for him, but you know, he came out after his sophomore year and, um, but the number, he has been better than the numbers indicate in my, in my opinion. Another guy that I like a lot, prospect lists don't generally have this guy very high up for the Nats. I just was kind of messing around and put together my own top 15 the other day. And I had this guy in the back end of it. I really like the tools for TJ white. Another yeah. thing that's interesting to me is he's young, right? A lot of the guys I'm talking to you about are 22 or even 23 that are having mm-hmm. this success. He's 19 years old, and he's been in yeah. Fredericksburg all year for 250 ABs. He's shown a little bit of power. He's got seven homers. He can run a little bit, and he's got a handful of steals. He's got a 750 OPS. Has not been dominant by any means, but he's kind of held his own. What have you seen from TJ White, who just seems like a really toolsy, upside-type outfielder for me? Well, Grant, when he started, and now we've got a little bit of turnover, but for the first half of the season, TJ was the youngest player in the Carolina League. So just oh, wow. like keep that in mind. Um, he just turned 19 at the end of July. He was 18 for you know the better part of the first three months of the season. The month of June, if you look at his splits, his month of June was about the best month that anyone on this team all season long has had. I think he hit about 337 in that month with power. He's also a switch hitter too and 
he obviously the majority of his at bats have come against righties, so there's a lot larger sample size on the left side as opposed to the right. But I think the switch hitting piece of it is uh, is something that people overlook. Like you, he's not going to be able to he's going to be able to stay in the lineup against lefties or righties, and he's actually was naturally uh, a right-handed swinger. And he told me that he decided he saw Jason Hayward. He grew, he moved around, family moved around a lot when he was young and he went to a Braves. They spent some time in the Atlanta area, went to a Braves game, saw Jason Hayward swinging from the left side when he was about seven years old. Right. Does that make you feel old? Oh it made me feel God. old. And yeah, I'm about to turn 24 and that made me like super feel super old. But, um, but he said he saw Jason Hayward swinging lefty and he said, Dad, I want to do that. His, his dad, Torrential Boss White, was a basketball legend at Wofford. Um, it's a really athletic family and a really great family. But TJ, he, he has been, as you maybe would expect from the youngest player in the Carolina League, super streaky. His, his highs have been as high as anyone in the league, but his lows have been pretty low too. So, you know, he'll, he'll figure out some consistency as he matures and gets older. I think he's definitely a viable prospect for the Nationals. Yeah, I just like the idea of, you mentioned 18 at the beginning of the year, but 18, 19 in Fredericksburg, you know, just feels different than 22 or 23, right? And when when you're that young and having some success, you mentioned a month that kind of stood out to me, it shows that there is a starter kit there that, that could be nice. Uh, speaking of, you know, the veteran guys on the team, Jacob Young, the Florida product, who was a seventh-round pick. I like the speed. I don't know. I'd imagine he's a good defender just based on you know the, the profile and, and the fact that he runs well. But I don't think he's a ton, you know you'd tell me if I'm wrong. I, I don't see him as a big time prospect, but maybe kind of like an Andrew Stevenson when they were winning the World Series. You know, give you some speed, give you some defense type. Is that about right? He's oh, played ab- every day for you guys. Absolutely, and he's now he was playing right field every day when De La Rosa was here before he got promoted, and then. In the interim between De La Rosa being promoted and the Juan Soto trade, he was playing center field, and he is as good of a defender as there is. I mean, his he could play he could play for the Big Nats right now in D.C. defensively. Like that's how good he is defensively, and he scored eighty nine runs. Grant, he's he's wow. been his number. He has the second most runs scored in professional baseball, and number one is a guy by the name of Aaron Judge. So it's <laughs> that's insane, Aaron Judge. Jacob Young, that's the way. And he hits 240. Uh-huh. I know. He, he gets on base a ton, and when he gets on base, I think he's about 38, 39 steals. Uh, he just, he's a guy that makes things happen. And, you know, he, he, he's had some more bad luck, too, as far as, uh, you know, lineouts and a couple of questionable calls have gone against him and all that sort of thing. You know, umpiring at the single-A level is questionable at best. But, um he is the table setter for this lineup, and he is the big reason why this team in general has been successful. I know that you know winning at the minor league level is nice, but it's about developing prospects. But I mean, we've got a five and a half game lead here in the Carolina League North Division in the second half, and he's been as big a part of that as anyone's, both offensively setting the table and defensively. If you guys are listening in the Fredericksburg area, you should get out to a game. It's a beautiful ballpark. I take the kids all the time because my daughter's obsessed with the mascot. Gus is the God. man. Uh, he's a super, you know, nightmare fuel for me, but she just can't get enough of him, and she has a bobblehead and all kinds of stuff, and he's nice. He, he hugs her and dances with her, and, and they have a good time, but I like going You know the story behind the him, right? He's, 
I don't. He's George Washington's imaginary friend. That's what he's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but that's hilarious. That's great. Yeah, right. So that's yeah. George Washington's imaginary friend is Gus? Yes. That is the, uh, that's All right. the story behind Gus. Yeah. Yep. He, if you got Google him right now if you're listening to this and you haven't seen him. Gus is the man. I really like he that is. guy. And he's just he's, yeah. he's, he's my my uh, daughter calls him a mascot. That's her word for mascots. But he's he is her favorite mascot. At this point he has surpassed Screech. Uh, but it's it is. It's a great ballpark. It's cheap ticket and it's you're right there on the field and right now the talent is really legit in the second year of ball there in Fredericksburg. If you can't go, just listen to the the minor league uh, play-by-play feed. Uh, to Eric and the crew on the call, they do a really good job. All right, how about um, – I just got to ask you about a couple of arms, even though they weren't relevant necessarily to the last couple of days. Sure. Uh, Jackson Rutledge has been on a bit of a roll, which they need. He's 23. Yeah. He was a first-round pick way back in 19. So I get that you know someone cynical could be saying, wait a second, we're talking about a ball and first-round pick a few years ago. But here's the deal, man. I mean, he throws gas. He's massive. Mm-hmm. I know he's uh, – it's a 290 average against this year, but – you got to tell me, like the last couple starts, do they look different? Because the line and just listening to you guys, he's not giving up runs or hits like he was, at least in those two outings. No, no. and early in the season, he was the definition of feast or famine. It would be seven shutout innings or an inning and two thirds with eight earned. Like there was no in between. And now he's he's found he's found his last two starts have been phenomenal. He went eight innings here in his last home start against a Salem Red Sox team who, in my view, the Salem team outside of Fredericksburg is the best offense in the Carolina League. Um, they had Marcelo Meyer and Blaze Jordan, two top Boston prospects who have since been promoted in the last week or so. But uh, he did that against an offense that's, that's strong top to bottom. Eight innings, one run, and then five shutout innings in his last start on the road. Um, what he has been able to do, in my opinion, is find he's got to be okay with going five innings and giving up two earned runs. Like, if he can do that a little bit more consistently and have his seven shutout inning start, have his eight inning one run start, he's just, he let things snowball, especially on the road early in the season, but he really has stayed the course. There is nobody that works harder behind the scenes. When he's not pitching, he's, he's working with the strength guys. He's, he's putting a lot of sweat equity into his career and, I, I, he's the best guy. He's one of my favorites in the clubhouse, and I'm just really, really rooting for him because the talent is there. I mean, it's 99 pretty consistently with late break on a sinker. And it, I, the, the key to me for him has been, is the sinker good or is it just okay? Because if it's good, then there's a lot of really soft contact, a lot of ground balls just like a, a sinker baller should be. And if it's not, it's pretty straight and the ball kind of flies. So the past three or four weeks, the sinker's been really good, a lot of late movement, and he's worked in the curveball and and obviously mixed in the fastball as well. But if he can get that sinker consistently good, I I still think that the Nationals will get what they hoped for out of Jackson Rutledge, maybe even though it might be later than they would have wished. Well, look, but that's fine. I mean, if it takes a little while, but he ends up being – I and Jacob starter DeGrom for them. made his major league debut at 26. Yeah, you know, like, and now he's been the best pitcher in baseball for the past three or four years. So these these no, there's no blueprint for especially with starting pitchers. There's no blueprint for how quickly or slowly it's going to go. Yeah, it's not a race. Yeah, 
Uh, Andrew Lara, last guy I'll ask you about because I know you got sure. better things to do as you prep for your game. Um, he's got a high ERA in 18 starts, but that's not always telling. He's got more strikeouts, 82, than innings pitch, 78, and more strikeouts than hits allowed. Those are the types of things that are indicative to me of stuff. You know, 250 mm-hmm. average against is respectable, but but not great. But again, this is a teenager. This is a 19-year-old in Fredericksburg, which I grade on a curve, and I kind of feel really good about that when you're holding your own in that way. What do you think? I think that he has been not nearly as consistent as they would have hoped he would be, but again, 19, you know? he His last two starts have been really good, and when Andre has gotten himself in trouble has been when he's walked people. It's like all, it's a pretty remarkable, if you look at his lines, when he's walked people, he's been not very good. When he hasn't, he's been pretty good. And it, it, the pattern for him, especially in the middle of the season, was two walks and then one big hit. Two more walks, one big hit. People weren't stringing together hits against him. He, he was really hurting himself with, with a lack of command. And when, when he, if he can just hone that in, again, 19 years old, he's going to be able to hone the command in, I think. I, I'm higher on Rutledge than I am on Lara, but I still think, as, as you said, Grant, the stuff is as nasty as there is. He's just got to find some consistency and command in the strike zone because when he commands the strike zone, the stuff, there's no, nobody that has better stuff, and there's really, uh, you can count on one hand probably the guys that have more raw talent than that guy. There are other players that have been through Fredericksburg this year that we won't have time to ask you about. Uh, De La Rosa, who's been terrific now in Wilmington, obviously. Sammy Infante, 16 home runs, uh, one of the highest totals other than Joey Manessis now in the entire organization. Uh, so maybe we'll circle back to those guys down the road. Can't keep you forever. But I really, really appreciate it. And I'm pumped for you guys because last year, I know you weren't there yet, but a little bit of a grind for the fans in Fredericksburg as they got everything off the ground. But this is now like must-see, must-listen stuff, and you guys are getting great crowds. It's a good time to be out at the ballpark down there. Yeah, things are humming along, both from a baseball standpoint and an organizational standpoint. It, it really is. You, you said it. If there's, We have 17 regular season home games left, including tonight. So the time is ticking to come see the Fred Nats, and I would highly encourage you to come out of the ballpark or subscribe to MILB-TV for, I believe it's 9 bucks a month. Is that all it is now? Nine bucks? Come on, people! Well, it, it's fifty bucks for the whole year. If you right. buy it in April, it's even less than that. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the the audio the that's just for the video broadcast. Our radio broadcasts are free. So. Yeah, you can listen to those any day. Uh, but yeah, any you day. Check them out. I mean, it's worth watching these guys, especially with uh, the way things are trending at the major league level for sure. Hey, Eric, I Absolutely. really appreciate the time. Thank you, man, and uh, have a great call as you guys continue here. Appreciate the time, Grant. Thanks for having me on.